Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Do the St. Louis Cardinals have what it takes? Do they have enough ammo to win the NL Central this year? We're going to look at what DraftKings thinks, and then we're going to break down all of the teams in the NL Central on this episode of the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Okay, so I'm not going to lie to the audience. There's not much going on. The Cardinals, I believe, are standing pat. Sure, there's a few moves that are going on. The Chicago Cubs signed Hector Neris. The Pittsburgh Pirates signed Araldis Chapman, which we'll talk about when we break down the Pirates a little bit later. But I thought today a good topic for an episode would be to look at the Central Division at the end of January. We are recording this episode on January 29th, 2024. And I thought it would be interesting to take a look at the division, get a non or rather an outsider's perspective on who they think is going to win the division from Las Vegas. And we all know that Las Vegas, all they care about is making money. And I thought we'd break down those odds and then break down each team to see what what is the most likely outcome this year in the NL Central. Who is going to win? Who's the most talented team? Which team has the most upside? Which team maybe has the lowest floor, the lowest floor outcome? And we did this last year on the channel. We broke down some individual teams and our predictions were fairly terrible. So we'll try to do a better job this time around. And we're going to start by presenting the odds, the National League Central 2024 odds for winning the division the Chicago Cubs are actually the favorite at plus 180. So if the Cubs are at plus 180, this is Vegas telling you, well, there's really no clear favorite to win this division. And I think they're right. Like if you look at other divisions around Major League Baseball, the Yankees are plus 140 to win the American League East. The Twins are minus 115 to win the American League Central. The Astros are plus 115 to win the American League West. The Braves are minus one, minus 230, rather, to win the National League East. As I mentioned, the Cubs are plus 180 to win the Central. And the Dodgers are minus 400 to win the National League West. So out of all the teams that are the favorites in their division, the Cubs have the best odds, meaning like, and that plus 180 number means, if, if you aren't familiar, if you place $100, on the Cubs winning the NL Central. Central. So if you think the Cubs are going to win the NL Central, you put $100 on the Cubs, they win the NL Central, that means you win $180. That's what those odds represent. And I find it fascinating that clearly, far and away, the division with the best odds or the, the favorite with the best odds is the Chicago Cubs. And I think that's Vegas telling you, we have no idea who's going to win this division. And just to give the rest of the odds, so the Cubs are the favorites currently to win the division at plus 180. The Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, are actually the second favorite, which shocked me a little bit, at plus 200. The Reds are at plus 390. They're third up uh, in the order. Milwaukee is plus 500. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are plus 2,000. And if you're looking for a juicy bet there, 
I mean, we'll talk about the Pirates a little bit later. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I do think they have a lot of young players on that team combined with some veterans and like McCutcheon and Chapman that they, you know, they, they finished better than the Cardinals last year. I'm not saying that they're not more talented than the Cardinals and that the Cardinals shouldn't finish better than the Pittsburgh Pirates because they absolutely should. But we saw it last year, the Cardinals tank and the Pirates maybe perform a little bit better than people thought. So let's get into it. We've, we've broken down the Cardinals a lot, so we'll kind of go over this relatively quickly. If you're a Cardinals fan, you kind of have an idea of who's on the team, right? So we're going to look at fan graphs to break down these rosters. And the Cardinals offensively, I think I'd put up against just about anybody in the division. I mean, they have Brendan Donovan coming back, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Lars Newtbar, Wilson Contreras, Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker, Tommy Edmond, Mason Wynn. I think that's about as solid of a lineup as there is in the division. I really believe that only the Cubs can can match that lineup. I think it's a top 10, top 5 lineup in the, in Major League Baseball. I do. I think offensively is where the Cardinals are leaning with how their team's constructed. They tried it last year with some less stable options at pitcher, the Jack Flaherty's, the Adam Wainwrights in his last year with the team, those kinds of moves, and it didn't work. And now they've brought in some more, or they view, they think they've brought in some more stable pitchers who should be able to eat up more innings, and they believe that if those pitchers pitch six innings or more, which if you look at the stats, actually, the Cardinals win, you got a quality start. When, when the St. Louis Cardinals got a quality start, their record is significantly better. And it, it makes sense. But when the Cardinals pitchers went deep into games, what killed them last year was their, their starters were not going deep into games. And Jack Flaherty, you know, as, as big of a fan as I was of him, he was not going into game, late into games consistently. We all know what was going on with Adam Wainwright, really the only pitcher that you could really count on. I mean, Miles Michaelis ate up some innings, no doubt about it. Jordan Montgomery, same story. And then, of course, we all know Stephen Matz was hurt and Matthew Libertor did not go consistently deep into games. So that's been a focus. So shifting to the pitching, you know, Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson, you know, Lance Lynn, the three pitching acquisitions the Cardinals made, that is clearly a focus. They're veteran guys that can come in and that what do they do? All of them have the capability of going deep in the games, five, six, seven innings, you know, with, with ideally the target being six innings and not to be fair to the Cardinals, not too many pitchers pitch deep into games anymore. Like the, the pitchers that pitch seven, eight innings or even go, go all the way, the distance, those pitchers are few and far between. So the Cardinals ha do have three or four guys in, in Gray, Michaelis, Gibson and Lynn that have all shown that they can pitch deep into ball games and that they can pitch effectively. They're all veterans. Steven Matz, the one wild card in that rotation. I do think that this rotation overall is average to below average, and we'll discuss how it measures up to some other rotations within the division, but I'd probably say it's either the second or third best rotation in the division just overall. We'll get into the bullpen now. Uh, Ryan Helsley is, a, is another uh, question mark. I mean, they're looking for stability. They brought in Andrew Kittrich to the bullpen. Jojo Romero did some nice things. Giovanni, Giovanni Gallegos regressed last year. So really, the way the, the, that this bullpen is constructed for the Cardinals, it's going to be a matter of what can you get out of Andre Pallante? What can you get out of Zach Thompson, who I, I really like? 
John King, the veteran they brought over in a trade from Texas last year. What can you get from him? Ryan Fernandez, who they took in the Rule 5 draft. I mean, this is kind of what your bullpen looks like now. And you're very dependent on Ryan Helsley at the back end, which is why many Cardinals fans, including myself, believe that they should have brought somebody in. And they still could. There's a lot of free agents out there. But I think this bullpen could use some help. Now, they did bring in Kittrich who's likely going to be a setup guy, seventh, eighth inning guy. But you're really depending on Helsley and Gallegos, and you're counting on Jojo Romero to do some more of what he did last year, which is, you know, it's risky. I I, the, I think this bullpen is fragile, and I think it's an average bullpen the way that it sits now. That, now, could it be really good? It could be good if, if some of these, like, Kittreds, I think could be really good. Gallegos could bounce back. Jojo Romero could do more of what he did last year, but... At the end of the day, I think this is kind of this is a risky way to structure your bullpen being so reliant on Ryan Helsley at the back end. So, you know, Cardinals pitching staff is average to below average. And I think their hitting is, you know, could be elite, but it's very, very good. I think we'll we'll play a conservative and say that they have a top 10 offense in baseball. I'm fairly confident of that. So that's my breakdown of the St. Louis Cardinals. The Chicago Cubs are next up. They have the they they have they have the best odds and i th- i think this is justified i don't know if their current offensive you know like they have some nice pieces on offense obviously we know Dansby Swanson is is a really good player Seiya Suzuki had moments last year where he was really really good and then not so good Christopher Morel is a fascinating player i'm a big fan of Christopher Morel Michael Bush who they got in the trade from the Dodgers is slated to play first base. And then, you know, they have Nico, Nico Horner at second, Jan Gomes catching Nick Madrigal is slated to be their starting third baseman. This is still a lineup. I think that really, really needs somebody like Cody Bellinger to be brought back because right now, if you look on fan graphs, their starting center fielder or their projected starting center fielder is Mike Talkman. And no disrespect to Mike Talkman. He had some good moments last year. He had 238 seven home runs, but he's he's not Cody Bellinger. They need a left-handed bat in this lineup because right now, I mean, they have a switch hitter in Ian Happ, but you're going to be depending on a rookie and Michael Bush and, and, and Mike Talkman as the left-handed bats in that lineup. And I, I just think that the Cody Bellinger thing, I believe, is inevitable, but we can't. The Cody Bell, Bellinger signing, I think, will happen for the Cubs. It's going to cost them a lot because he's a Scott Boris client, but... I think it's going to happen like and, and that really is the key piece that could make this offense go um, because right now I don't I don't think it's as good of an offense as St. Louis. I think it could be really good, but I give St. Louis the edge offensively. There's no doubt to me that the Cubs have the advantage with their starting pitching. I mean, Justin Steele was an absolute stud last year. Uh, Jameson Talion did not pitch very well, but he, I think he can bounce back. I really like the Shoto and Monaga signing. If I'm saying that name, right. I'm probably not. And then you have Kyle Hendricks and Jordan Wicks at the back end of that uh, rotation. Now, could it, is it a rotation that could use some help? I think so, but because you're kind of dependent, dependent on, you know, Jordan Wicks, but I think Kyle Hendricks is going to be solid. I think Amonaga is going to be really good. I think Talion's going to bounce back and I, and I think Steele is going to be solid at the, the top end of that rotation. So I think this rotation is really good. I think it's above average. They probably could use another arm in that rotation because, I mean, you can always use more arms in the rotation. I think it's 
fairly thin what they have right now. So, but again, I think it's a better rotation than the Cardinals can throw out there in the bullpen. Like I said, the the Cubs signed Hector Neris, who's going to project to be a setup guy for them with Alzale right now slotted to be their closer. Um, And they have guys like Merriweather, Drew Smiley, Mark Leiter Jr. So I, I don't, necessarily love this bullpen i do like the what they have at the back end with alzale and naris now i think that's a nice one two at the back end of the bullpen they need to find some guys that can be sixth and seventh inning guys when, when i look at this i mean merriweather merriweather had a good year last year but outside of that you're looking at a lot of guys that had eras in the fours who pitched a lot of innings for them last season now can javier Assad transition to more of a full-time bullpen role We'll see. Um, but overall, I'd say that this bullpen's pretty strong at the back end, but getting there may be a problem. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing that Merriweather, Naris, and Alzale are your three best guys there, but we'll see. So I, I think the bullpen is a weak. I think it's a, an average bullpen at best. So yeah, when comparing the Cubs and the Cardinals rosters, it is very close as of right now. If the Cubs sign Cody Bellinger, which I think they will, I think it makes it more it leans more to the Cubs, which I think is reflected in the odds at plus 180, you know, for the Cubs plus 200 for the Cardinals. It is very, very, very close. I think what pushes it over the edge for me though, is the starting pitching. I think the Cubs starting pitching is just better. So I think the Cubs are over an overall a better team and they have the farm system, the number one overall farm system in baseball. So there, there are probably some reinforcements down at the minor league level. Let's move on to the Cincinnati Reds, who have the third best odds, according to DraftKings. Uh, at center field, they have TJ Friedel, Matt McClain plays second base, Spencer Steer projected to play left field. They signed Jaime Candelario from the Cubs, who were re- before that was with the Nationals. Jonathan India projected to be a DH. Ellie De La Cruz, shortstop. No- Nolvi Marte at third base. Will Benson is projected to be the right fielder and catcher is Tyler Stevenson. And this is all according to fan graphs, as I said, and no disrespect to uh, the Cincinnati Reds. They have some nice players like Ellie De La Cruz. No doubt he's exciting. They have some younger players like Matt McClain in this, uh, in this lineup as well. You know, Nolvi Marte hit 269 last year with 14 home runs. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of players in this lineup that you know hit 20 plus home runs last year like Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, Candelario, uh, Ellie De La Cruz hit 21 home runs. So there is some pop in this lineup but the but overall I would say that you know it doesn't quite match up to Goldschmidt, Arnado, Newt Bar if Newt Bar can stay healthy. But it's not terrible, you know. I think it's an average lineup in Major League Baseball. Now their starting pitcher like I, I am very intrigued by the starting pitching rotation that the the Reds have. Now, I know Hunter Green did not quite have the year. I mean, 4.2 ADRA. Hunter Green did strike out 184 guys in 148 innings. I mean, that's pretty good. Graham Ashcraft uh, didn't quite have a good, as good of a season as you would like to see with an ERA close to five at 4.81. They bring in Frankie Montas from New York. I think that was a good signing. So the, the three guys at that top of the rotation, there is no doubt that they have a lot of talent in this rotation. It's just going to be a matter of can they consistently go out there and perform uh, to the best of their ability? Can they get closer to 200 innings 
because uh, last year, you know, Hunter Green, 148 innings pitched. Graham Ashcraft, 156 innings pitched, gave up 163 hits. So he didn't have ha- he did not have a good year. But that's not to say he's not talented and he couldn't bounce back because he could. And then Frankie Montas at, at, as your number three pitcher in the rotation, not too bad at all. Now they have Andrew Abbott and Nick Martinez at the back end of the rotation who both had, you know, sub four ERAs last season. Again, I think it's a rotation that's more top heavy, but it's not a bad rotate. Like it's a sneaky, it could be a sneaky good rotation. And we all know the kind of year the Reds had last year as they won 82 games. So I like this, this, this team's talented, man. Like they are like the Reds are kind of scary. Like, because those guys at the top like could be really tough in a three-game series. And then you go to the bullpen. You got Alexius Diaz projected to be the closer, Emilio Pagan, Lucas Sims, Sam Mole, Ian Gil- Gil- I'm gonna pronounce some of these names wrong. Gib Gibbot, Brent Suter, Buck Farmer, Alex Young. I mean, it's a lot of guys that had ERAs in the fours. Alexius Diaz, probably the you know, probably gonna be the closer. He had 31 saves last year. Again, this is probably, you know, an average bullpen. Um, nothing crazy here. But, you know, they have some names. Like, I've always been a big fan of Brent Suter when he was a starter. Buck Farmer got a lot of talent. So, Lucas Sims, same story. I mean, there's some names here. But, I again, I, I, think it, I think the Reds are justified being the third best team in the division. But I will say their starting pitching could be a lot better than people think. And they have a lot of young players in their lineup. Um, and I, I just, I really like Jonathan India's game. I think he's a really good player too. The Reds, I think the Reds are going to be competitive in the division and it would not shock me if they won. I think that's a pretty juicy, a plus 390. If you're, you know, if you're a gambling sort, again, don't take, don't take gambling advice from me, but at plus 390, I think the, the Reds could win this division. Absolutely. They could. Now let's talk about the Brewers. The Brewers, uh, their lineup, Christian Yelich, uh, William Contreras, Sam Frelick is projected to play right field. Reese Hoskins, nice signing there, is is projected to play first base. They really, really struggled uh, getting offense from their first base position last year. So that that is a a great fit for them. Willie Adamas, short, is slated to play shortstop. Garrett Mitchell, left field. Jackson Churio, center field. Bryce Terang, second base. And Andrew Monasterio is projected to play third base for them. And when you look at this lineup, I mean, obviously Yelich kind of had a year where he dipped off in production, 256 average, 20 home runs. But, you know, Reese Hoskins, you know, 30 home, about 30 home runs, 29 home runs. Willie Adamas, 28 home runs. So there's a little pop in this lineup, but I think offensively, you know, they're, they're not as good as the Cardinals. They're not as good as the Cubs. I, they're right there with the Reds. They might even be a little bit worse than the Reds offensively just because they have some bats in this lineup, but it's, it's, not, as consist- it's not as consistent up and down as the Reds lineup is. So I think they have the fourth best lineup maybe in the, in the division. But the thing we have to remember, even though the offense might not be as good as some of the other teams, the, the Brewers have some – like they have – Corbin Burns at the top of the rotation. Freddie Peralta had a really good season last year. Then, you know, it rounds out with Wade Miley, who was all right, 4.39 ERA, nothing crazy. Colin Ray, Joe Ross at the back end of the rotation. So I think it's weak at the back end, but at the top of the rotation, I mean, Corbin Burns, 
as solid as any pitcher really in Major League Baseball, if you ask me. And then Freddie Peralta, who's coming off a really good season. So at the top, you know, if you catch those two guys in a three-game series, that's, you know, that's no joke. But, you know, the back end of the, the rotation is a little weak. Um, and then you go to the bullpen where you have Devin Williams coming off a 29th save season, 66 innings pitched, 93 strikeouts in those 66 innings. Great year. Clearly the closer for them. And then Joel Piampas, who had a good year, uh, ERA 396, you know, 16, 30, 63 strikeouts and 64 innings pitched. And, Tre- and then you have names like Trevor McGill, Hol- Hobie Milner, Abner Uribe, Elvis Pagaro, Taylor Clark, Bryce Wilson. There's some names. There's some guys who had some good years last year. I mean, McGill, good ERA, or Uribe, good ERA, Hobie Milner, pretty decent season. So they have some names in this bullpen. And then Devin Williams, obviously, is the highlight there. It's not a bad bullpen. I think it's pretty good. They've got a pretty good bullpen, a pretty good top end of the rotation. Offensively, they're going to struggle. We'll see if they can win games like they have been winning games. Like the, the Brewers have been one of these teams that have been winning close games. So if if they can't if they can't do that, like if Council gave them that advantage, which I kind of I'm not sure that Craig Council is entirely. I mean, there's no doubt he's one of the better managers in the game. But we'll see if that drops off a little bit. But I think they're probably justified being the third or fourth team in the division. But but they're going to be, you know, they're going to be feisty. I think this team, I don't think they contend for the division, but I think they're going to give the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Reds, I think the three teams that are clearly at the top of the division, everything that they can handle and more. Let's move to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now the Pittsburgh Pirates finished fourth last year in the division. Their lineup at shortstop O'Neill Cruz, left field Brian Reynolds, uh, who they resigned. Key Brian Hayes is their third baseman. Andrew McCutcheon is slated to be the DH. Jack Swinski is projected to play center field. Henry Davis is projected to play catcher. Rowdy Telez, who they signed as a free agent, is project- projected to play first base. Leover Pagaro is projected to play second base. And Joshua Palacios is projected to play right field. And when you look at this lineup, I mean, O'Neill Cruz hit 248, 23 home runs last year at shortstop. Brian Reynolds, 23 home runs, 266 average. He's a solid bat in that lineup. Jack Swinski, uh, 490 plate appearances, 23 home runs. That's going to be an interesting name to think about. He's got some power. Um, but then, you know, Key Brian Hayes at 261, Andrew McCutcheon, 241. There's some solid bats in this lineup. Rowdy Telez offers some power from the left side. There's a lot of left-handed bats in this lineup, four, and then a switch hitter in Brian Reynolds. So it's a lineup that has some versatility and some pop, but I still think it's, you know, maybe the fourth. Still, it's still in the bottom. Like maybe, maybe it's better than the Brewers lineup, but I'd say it's still third or fourth best, probably fourth best in the division. Now, when you look at their starting pitching rotation, Mitch Keller is projected to be their number one pitcher, uh, 4.16 ERA last year, 178 strikeouts in 189 innings, 32 games pitched, games started, 189 innings pitched. So he's going to, they're going to be depending on him to, you know, to eat some innings for him. Then it's Martin Perez, who they signed as a free agent from Texas, Marco Gonzalez, they got in a trade. From Atlanta, Luis Ortiz and Bailey Falter are all guys that are slated to be, 
in their starting pitching rotation right now. Now they have some injuries. JT Brubaker is injured. Mike Burroughs is injured. Johan Oviedo, who actually they got from St. Louis in 2022, all injured. So those guys could also factor in in their starting pitching rotation. But I, I don't think it's going to be a great starting pitching rotation. I think there's more questions than answers in there as the, you know, the pirates are still in this weird rebuild phase, but I mean, they did go out and sign Araldus chap Chapman in their bullpen. David Bednar is a really good closer 31 saves last year in, in 68 innings pitched 80 strikeouts, solid closer. And those two at the back end of the rotation, Bednar and Chapman, we'll see how good Chapman can be at, you know, 36 years old, but that's, interesting i mean chapman was pretty decent last year in like more of a setup role and not necessarily a closers role 3.43 era 62 innings pitch 96 strikeouts so those two at the back end of a bullpen could be really really good and then you know there are names like colin holderman carmen carmen modinsky i butchered that very badly ryan borucki dari moreta jose hernandez and Ron Z. Contreras, uh, all all projected to be in the bullpen. Honestly, I don't know too much about any of those names, uh, their numbers. I mean, the, the best guy on paper is Barucki, 3.98 ERA and 60 innings pitched, 57 strikeouts. So all of them, you know, they, they, they mix and match with left-handed and right-handed pitchers in that bullpen. They have three left-handed pitchers uh, projected to be in the bullpen, so that's nice. But overall, I, I think the Pirates are, you know, the worst team in the division for good reason. I think they're they have some nice pieces. You know, they, they've done some things to try to be competitive, like sign Araldus Chapman. But like I said, I, I don't think they quite measure up. I think they might have a better lineup than Milwaukee. Still, it's not a not a very good team on paper. But hey, I, I've been wrong before. So like last year, I thought the Cardinals would win 89 games and win the division. And honestly, my honest assessment of the NL Central is that it's it's kind of a mid division. Like the Cardinals are not going out of their way to win. The Cubs are not really going out of their way to win. Sure, have they made moves? Have they plugged holes? Have they done what they needed to do to field a competitive team? Sure, I guess you could argue that the Cubs and the Cardinals have done that. And to an extent, the Brewers have done that. To an extent, the Pirates have done some things to be competitive. And the Reds. But has any one of these teams really made a move that or done things that you go, oh, my God, this team is really, really trying to win the division? Obviously, it's not fair to compare them to the Dodgers, but I I still think the Cubs could be that team. I think the Cubs are going to sign Cody Bellinger. I think the Cubs could make some more moves. I think the Cubs are not afraid to spend the money that the Cardinals seem unwilling to spend. So I do think the Cubs are going to win this division. I think the Cardinals finish second or third with the Reds. I think the Brewers are going to finish fourth. And I think the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to finish fifth in the division. But I want to hear what you think. Do you think the Cardinals are going to win the NL Central this year? Do you think the Cubs are going to win the division this year? Do you th- Who do you think is going to win the NL Central? Is there a sleeper out there? I kind of I kind of think the Reds could be a sleeper, but I believe that the Cubs are best poised to win the division right now because I think they're starting pitching rotation is the best in the division, but I want to hear from you. Who do you think is going to win the NL Central? And we are just about two to three weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. And on March 
28th. It is opening day. That is, gosh, two months away from now. It is coming. Don't forget to give a five-star rating on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, be good, everybody, and go Cardinals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.